Hey everyone, we're back with another week of Find Your Film. This is for the week covering October 15th, 2021. And again, the reason why we do the date stuff is just, we want to do an evergreen podcast, but we also want to front load it with movies that are opening this week. Again, this week being October 15th, 2021. I am Greg Trzewasti. I am joined with my betters, Bruce Perky, whose name, if you look at our YouTube channel, his name is Mr. Perkles. Hello, Mr. Perkles. Well, hello. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Perk. I'm thinking of how we're going to tie that in. It, can you tease our listeners? How does Mr. Perkles tie in with the four featured reviews that we're, we're doing? Or maybe it does not even tie into any one of those. I, I, I might be clueless. It does not tie into any one of those. Okay. So... Bruce is going to actually mention during the episode when Mr. Perkles, he's going to probably go ding, ding, ding. This is where the, the moniker comes from. Maybe, maybe he'll do something. You need a bell. To you hit. need a bell. <laughs> you need a bell. See, I was, Eric, I was talking about how, how we can bring some more audio elements. <laughs> That'll be my bell. <laughs> that will, okay. That, that is, what is that? What is that doll saying? What is that? I want to go or something. Uh Oh, got to go. Cause he's sitting on a toilet. Oh, he's, Oh, just like me. Okay. That is that a flamingo on a toilet, a pink flamingo on a toilet. And you can oh, feed oh. it and it does poop into the toilet when you feed it. Oh, that's awesome. so interesting. That's very, wow. Nice visual for our audio, audio listeners. By the way, it is a really, it's a pink bird. I believe it's a flamingo on a toilet and he or she, the flamingo says, oh, oh, gotta go. I gotta go. Eric Holmes, you want to chime in? Kind of makes sense because aren't all God's creatures just giant poop shoots? Exactly. Thank you again for a double image of, I was, I, was, I was thinking of a nice, fresh way to start the show and Bruce and Eric devolve it into a poop situation. Eric stole my Sunday sermon. Aren't <laughs> all God's creatures just giant poop shoots? Is there is this a reference to any kind of movie that I'm missing, guys? Oh, Am I, oh no. Okay. Uh, I mean, there's some stuff on Pornhub, but you don't need to see that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, folks, I have no idea what Eric's talking about. Eric, his moniker here on the, for YouTube, for YouTube, you can check his new moniker. He's renamed himself J Quellen, Q-U-E-L-L-I-N. And that has L-I-N. And that has a reference to one of our four movies. Which movies uh, are, are uh, 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 Mr. Sir Zavossi? That's that's actually Jacqueline. Um. Oh, Jack! Oh, ja- Jacqueline! <laughs> Very good, Jacqueline. And we're going to get to that. I think we're going to have a blazing time with that moniker. And look, the four movies we have four featured movies again. This is probably one of our most jam-packed weeks on Find Your Film. We are covering a horror thriller exorcism film called The Old Ways. We are covering this Korean film, the South Korean film called escape from mogadishu this one's different because instead of coming out on october 15th it hits digital on october 19th we wanted to get we wanted to give you guys an early jump on this movie on digital october 19th we because by the time we tape for next week it might be a couple days late either or we want to give to give you guys just an early peek on this korean film called escape from mogadishu i'm assuming this is something that bruce is very excited about talking talking about you know once in a while, guys, out of all these five movies, Eric Holmes putting you on the spot, which uh, out of all these four movies, which of these movies scream to you, this is this has got to be a Greg movie. Do you or Bruce know this? Oh, geez, um, this is such a Greg movie. Did uh, any of you think of this? Was, was it the uh, the Bergman Island? Yes. Ding, 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 ding. That's my, my, that's my ding, ding. I don't have, ooh, ooh, gotta go. Gotta, gotta go. This is Bergman <laughs> Island. This is a movie that hits theaters on October 15th. Thank that. Hopefully during this recording, I don't have to go, but, but it also hits everywhere you rent movies, October 22nd. This Bergman Island, spoiler alert, this is a total Greg movie. 
if you have an idea of what a Greg movie is, my favorite PTA, that is Paul Thomas Anderson movie, is what, Bruce? What is it? What is my favorite PTA movie? You know me very well. Uh, Phantom Thread. Yes. And Eric Holmes, what is my favorite Stanley Kubrick film? Oh, God damn. The, uh, the, the... Uh, uh, no, it's not. Gosh darn it. Barry, Barry Lyndon. Lyndon. Barry Lyndon. So Barry Lyndon, Phantom Thread. I, I, could, I could see it. It was right there, but I couldn't, I couldn't say it. My, yeah. I don't have much hope for humanity or the world. But anyways, I, I, a little early shout out to middle class film class chairman of the board, Peter Beta. You know why, Bruce? Because I, I want to see Bruce's reaction to this. You know why Peter Beta is being early, this fellow podcaster, this brother in arms of us. Do you, do you guys, Eric, do you guys know why I'm mentioning Peter Beta right now? in relation to the Greg movies. Because he drops those sick beats every week for us. <laughs> he does drop those six beats. No, the reason why. Bruce, you want to guess? Hazard a guess? Because you thought? just started a Barry Lyndon uh, one minute at a time podcast. It's going to go on for the next oh, okay. 10 years. <laughs> that, and it, Oh, Bruce, that sounds, sounds like a great idea. I hope you don't have the copyright to that. He just announced on Twitter, he actually outed himself. He said, Barry Lyndon is his favorite Stanley Kubrick film. What do you think of that? How about them Kubricks? Eric, what do you think of that? Barry Lyndon, time for a rewatch for you? Shot yeah. in natural light. Yeah? I, actually, actually that'd probably be time for a watch for me. <laughs> Obviously, he's only seen one Kubrick film. And that's okay. what I can tell. Very funny. Uh, the dry wit master that is Bruce Perky. Listeners, chime in. Tell us what you think. What is your favorite Stanley Kubrick film? Obviously, this is the month of October for our video. Bruce Perky has a jack-o'-lantern or pumpkin. I don't know what that is. A pumpkin behind just for a little bit of a visual. And of course, behind Eric in his adorning his wall is Lose the Flower of Evil, one of his all-time, an all-timer for you. Correct, Eric? Yes, sir. Yeah. And I'm I'm looking at your wonderful looking shirt, by the way. Oh, yes. This is my Lose the Flower of Evil shirt. So very wonderful shirt. I was late. I was a week late to the party. Bruce and Eric donned the Lose the Flower of evil shirt from filmmaker writer Juan Diego Escobar Alzate who also provided provides us with our banner and our logo for find your film thank you Juan for that again again this movie available shutter streaming blu-ray dvd etc 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 yes my movie is Bergman Island I am so excited to hear what Bruce and Eric have to say about this wondrous movie I hope they don't shatter my dreams when we get to the Bergman Island Greg movie review okay finally we are wrapping up up the show with this with this movie called well i think this might be a spoiling spoiler alert it might be one of i don't know eric did you get a midnight call or midnight message from bruce perky saying that (laughs) this has to be one of the most sublime films i've ever seen the third man is more like the fourth man compared to this movie citizen kane is more of an immigrant no way compared to this movie he was talking about the blazing world did you get any the blaze i love the blazing world comments from bruce perky yeah that's exactly what i heard from him and i agree well, yes, as you're not, if you're not looking at our YouTube channel, Bruce is, I, I never use Bruce this word. Is burning holes in this computer screen and hours. Oh, no, no, no. I've never the used The world is one of God's creatures. Very good. And he, I've never used this word. In this- <laughs> I call what you did there. I've never used I've never used this word. Bruce Perky looks a little bit nonplussed after our comments on the Blazing World, but that will be that'll be our last conversation among the four. I can't wait till we get to this. By the way, listeners, this podcast will run about five hours because four and a half of it will be discussions on the Still Blazing World. Still shorter than Barry Lyndon. That's all I got to say. Okay, Barry Lyndon, <laughs> shots taken. I love when shots are taken. Thank you, Bruce, for that. Um, yeah. So that's a lot. That's a lot. But before we we get to our feature reviews, Bruce and 
Oh, also, by the way, Eric, you have something very quickly. Yeah, we're gonna have our picks, but you have a Fandor pick. We're good, we're doing a Fandor pick this week. You're what's the movie that you're covering this week for Fandor? The Load, uh, D- directed by who? Dirk Diggler. Oh, jeez. <laughs> okay, <laughs> Silly, cor- corny uh, joke of the oh, week. Sorry. So, so corny, yes, Ognin Glavonic. Okay. O g n j e n g l a v o n i c. Again, yes. Glavonic. I'm sure that's not it, but yeah, I'll be talking about the load uh, later on. Okay, very cool. You know what's interesting is Eric Holmes actually did the homework. I didn't. He he looked at the fan or streaming site, seeing what what could be good. Might be the load. I looked it up on Rotten Tomatoes. It's getting really high marks. Hopefully, Eric likes this. Eric Holmes likes this fan or pick of the load. Whereas Bruce, what do you got for us this week as well? You have your own recommendation as well. I do. Uh, I actually am going to pick between three movies that were suggested. And I said, I'm going to do all horror movies this month. So three movies that were suggested on a little thread online, and it's going to be either Cherry Falls or Bereavement or The Shout. Wow. Cherry Falls, Bereavement or The Shout. Bruce Perky has been doing a lot of fan, not fan, not friend interaction, friend interaction over on the Cinematics Facebook group this week. He asked a question Really interesting, surreal question. Bruce, what did you ask our Cinematics Facebook group question this week? And how does that tie in with everything? Because you got some pretty good responses from our fellow cinephiles. Well, we've been getting getting a lot of um, Gremlin stuff because they're ramping up for the new series coming out soon, I believe. And I was thinking a a long time ago, a friend of mine and I always had this theory that if you hated a movie, all you had to do was either add a Nazi, a zombie, or a monkey to it, or even better, all three. And you would make a terrible movie better somehow. Uh, and then I was thinking, well, zombies are kind of getting tired. I mean, we've done zombies just about every way, way you can possibly do zombies. So I thought, let's just replace zombies with gremlins. And then I just said, what, you know, what would you do out there? What movies would you make and how would they be better by adding one of these three features? And we got some fun responses on those. Uh, and hey, if you hear this and you want to send your own, you can either email it to me, bruceperky at gmail.com. Or you can put it on the thread at Cinematics or join Cinematics, even better. So I'll just read a couple. There's a bunch of funny ones. Just go and check it out. And <laughs> Eric, you saw it. <laughs> There's a few good ones. Uh, Matt Stillman suggested the Birdman of Alcatraz, but he raises he raises a, a little gremlin. And I thought that would be really good. And just called the Gremlin Man of Alcatraz. That'd be. By the way, Matt Stillman, he just re- reviewed for our Cinematics Facebook group. He does these reviews every, just because he's a huge cinephile. Every morning he posts a review. His review of John Frankenheimer's Birdman of Alcatraz was very, he said it was very outdated. I still haven't seen that movie. So one of these days, I definitely yeah. want to see it. So <laughs> replace the canary or the bird with a gremlin. Interesting. Yes. Uh, Matt, Matt Levitz had a uh, Kramer versus Kramer versus gremlins, which is all he put down. <laughs> I thought that was pretty great. I mean, I don't know why you two didn't really appreciate my suggestion, which I don't know if you saw it. I didn't see it. What was but your my suggestion? suggestion was that you remake the movie Mass and you have it be Gizmo, a monkey, and <laughs> Gizmo, a monkey, Phoebe Cates, and there. Oh, who else did I have in there? I don't even remember who I had in there. I have to, I have to look now here. Uh, Eric, are we going to stand for this? A Nazi. I had a yes. Nazi, a monkey, yeah. Phoebe Cates, yes. and a gremlin. And they're all getting there to kind of come to terms with the untimely death of her father. Um, they're at a Dunkin' Donuts after hours, but unfortunately, it's too late after hours. It's after midnight and well madness ensues (laughs) very interesting again check out our review last week of of mass eric and i both loved it bruce disagreed a little bit we had a nice conversation eric holmes yes sir here here's one i don't think it's been brought up maybe it has 
probably has been brought up. But uh, you take Inglorious Bastards and you replace the gremlin, you put, replace the Nazis with gremlins, and you replace the bastards with Billy, Kate, and Gizmo. And well, I guess you just got gremlins. <laughs> That's pretty much <laughs> true. And you just got the gremlins. Theater yeah. and everything would be great. That would be great. That'll be really very, very cool. Nice question, Bruce Perky, for our again, again, join our Cinematics Facebook group. I give away a Blu-ray and DVD every week. Most importantly, so there's some really cool cinephiles on our Facebook group. And by the way, this is before we get into our, our main review. I just want to know, I just want to tell you guys, we're going to start doing giveaways on Find Your Film. You guys didn't even know this because there is no IN team. I'm not a team player. I just got an email saying that we're giving away, we're going to give away in a couple of weeks, a Blu-ray for the Matt Damon film Stillwater. It's going to be sent to my address. And uh, that's going to be something that we're going to hopefully amp up our socials, our relatively non-existent socials due to my my fault on on, uh, Find Your Film on Instagram Facebook and Twitter will be ramping up that social stuff. A lot of that will be giveaways and Blu-rays that I'm going to be introducing to the show. And then Eric's always going to have his evergreen entertain Mart giveaways. We're going to do a lot of different things, a lot of different things with find your film should be really interesting. Enough of the plugs, enough of all that stuff. Let's get into our featured reviews. First up is this movie from dark star pictures called the old ways. If you like exorcism movies, exorcist type movies, well, this might be one for you. It hits It's now out, available on digital, on-demand, Blu-ray, and DVD. It's directed by Christopher Allender, and the lead is Bridget Callie Canales. Now, or Brigitte. Anyways, Brigitte plays a Christina. Christina is a Mexican journalist, young Mexican journalist. She travels to Veracruz trying to explore a cave. And when she explores a cave, which is forbidden to actually travel, do not go in the cave. They they tell her not to. She thinks it's going to be a really good story. But ultimately, by going in the cave, which is near her ancestral home, she actually is taken captive by a couple of people, by a bruja, which is Spanish for witch, a witch and possibly her assistant and also her cousin. She is, Christina is held captive in this, I suppose, like a remote shack where she's tied down because they fear the spirit of whoever lives, inhabits the cave, whatever ghost spirit or evil entity it has now that demon might be living inside Christina. And that is ultimately the narrative of the old ways. It's a slow burn exorcism movie about culture. And I was really surprised at how it's not just a straight horror film or exorcism film. I really enjoyed the culture dynamic, which I thought was pretty resonant. And for an indie film to bring a lot of added production value, I thought that was really interesting. Now, I want to hear what you guys think. Eric, let's start off with you regarding your overall thoughts on the old ways. Yeah. Um, overall, I liked it. Uh, this was pretty decent um, uh, kind of uh, what, what, what we call it a exorcism type movie. And yeah, it does go a little deeper. I, I wouldn't say it goes too much, but enough to kind of sink your teeth into a little, little bit. This is kind of uh, oh, how would I put this? This is kind of it. I, I don't think it's going to light the world on fire. But it, it was one of those kind of, I, I had a lot of fun with this one. The exorcism scenes were pretty cool uh, when they were, you know, doing the uh, the crucifix thing. That was pretty sweet. Snakes are awesome. <laughs> Snakes uh, are awesome. <laughs> uh, th- this also kind of ended in a way that I could see him kind of doing more sequels on this. Like, I, I'd much rather see, because um, I, I mentioned before, I'm not a big fan of, like, the Conjuring movies. I, I could probably go for 15, 16 sequels of this. You know, it'd probably start start falling off a little bit at sequel eight, and but they okay. don't pick up back up at around twelve. And uh, but 
I don't know. I, I think they set up the. I think they set up the world okay enough that they could. They could probably um, expand on it and have some more fun with it. And I just like the. You know, without getting without uh, getting into spoilers, I liked where I liked where uh, the characters went. I I I, I and I kind of want to see him. It almost it, this almost feels like a prequel to an existing uh, horror franchise. And it's a pretty decent sequel. Again, it's not the saying a perfect six out of nine, but you know, it might be <laughs> around a six out of nine, maybe. <laughs> you know, do we, do, Bruce, just wondering, do we give credit for, okay, because I interviewed the director and he, he, he was telling me that he shot the movie, most of the movie, at a soundstage in Burbank, California, which is somewhere right here in the, the far reaches of the San Fernando Valley. It's not out in the elements. And then they shot some exterior locations in Puerto Rico. When you see that kind of, the final product here, and then you see all of the hard work. Does that is that value added to the overall one's overall movie review, or should that kind of effort be thrown away? I've always wondered about that kind of juxtaposition. Like, you know, do you they mean get having extra, it not be actually at the actual location, or mean, actually, or? or when like I've always wondered, and maybe you can chime in too, Eric. Just wondering, do you give extra credit to movies that make the most out of their money, or should that kind of precursor the prerequisite be thrown out and just judge the movie as a movie itself, no matter how you got there. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. I I don't think necessarily I would give it extra credit, but I I would say in this case, I'd give it more credit for doing something, you know, pretty original with its money. You know, it's obviously low bit, low budget, but it, it takes, it takes it and it really maximizes it as far as I think, as far as what it gives us in story. So I would give it credit that way. I really appreciate the fact that, I mean, we, I just mentioned earlier about zombie movies, you know, like being really played out. Well, exorcism movies are probably right on the heels of zombie movies for very played out. And the fact that they can bring us different forms of exorcism, different kind of forms of the way that she is showing the quote possession. I think that to me is what's really value added here. It's at least for my United States Western eyes, I wasn't familiar with these types of rituals. So I found that right in it, right in the actual content to be more entertaining than kind of your run of the mill exorcism movie. You know, on my end as a, the son of immigrants who over the years, during my 50 years, I've been back to the Philippines, maybe three times and Thailand, maybe a couple of times I could connect to a young Mexican woman coming back to her home and doesn't speak the language or doesn't think she knows even a couple of words. Hopefully she knows a little bit more than she thinks. And I, I like that idea that this, there was a little bit of a culture trying to reconnect with your culture, obviously vis-a-vis an exorcism. I, I like that little element behind the old ways. Yeah. So I guess a solid recommends from all of us, Eric, you said this is good for enough for sequel. So recommend yeah. for you. Yeah, for sure. Bruce, recommend? Yeah, I'd say you? recommend, uh, especially to horror fans. I think it's a, it's a, a neat little indie low-budget horror to step up. Okay, cool. And I recommend it as well. Again, my caveat is I did, do, again, I have to mention caveat every week. I did interview director Christopher Allender. We, I'm going to put that up on the podcast feed in a couple of days after I post this interview up. Very interesting fellow. And yeah, really cool. Also, the Blu-ray has a... Doc, the documentary, The Old Ways, A Look Beyond. It's a Blu-ray exclusive. And he was saying during the interview that it's about an 89 to 90 minute documentary on the making of the movie. Mm-hmm. I wish I got the review copy. I was not able to get it, but I'm not going to complain. I'm just so, saying that Eric- about as long as the movie itself. Yes, exactly. That's what, yeah, exactly. And Eric, 
this is what we've been saying. You've been harping on being the drum on this, that as much as you like digital or streaming, there are things that we, that in physical media that you're just not going to get if you're just doing it on streaming. I think it'll yeah. be a trap. Yeah. So I'm excited. I'm excited to see. I, I will definitely pony up some cash to check out the old yeah, ways on Blu-ray. I, yes, I should yes, mention that, uh, you know, the, the, with the screener we got, you know, we didn't get a, uh, we didn't get a goat milk. Uh, we didn't get goat milk. We didn't get goat milk. We didn't get that either. No, we didn't, get a, we didn't get a commentary, but uh, we will give you Greg's interview with the director. So maybe that yeah. can tidy over until the Blu-ray comes up. Yes. Or considering my interview, interviewing acumen, it might turn them off on the movie. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. <laughs> regarding that. Thank you, sir, Eric, for that. Now, our next film. You know what? I'm going to switch this up. I was going to say from Escape from Mogadishu because I, I just know how we feel about it. I, I'm one of these person. I, I'm one of these people. I'm a, I'm not a delayed gratification. I want instant gratification. Bergman Island in theaters again, October 15th and everywhere you rent movies, October 22nd. Very simple story. So you know this island? It's kind of special, right? Yeah, it's the island of the director. You and mommy like a lot. Yep, that's it. A lot of people come here to work. Then come see Students. Writers, designers. Wow. All this calm and perfection. I find it oppressive. Soothing. You know how hard writing is for me? It's, it's torture, it's self inflicted agony, it's blood from a stone. Well, then, do something else. Yeah, like what? Full time housewife? No, it's an honorable profession. Do you think you can't create a great body of work and raise a family at the same time? At the age of 42, Berman had directed 25 films. How do you think he would have done that if he was also changing diapers? How's your thing going? Pretty good, actually. What's it about? It's about how invisible things circulate within a couple. Can I tell you about what I'm writing? Yeah. A young woman looks into the distance. She's about my age, or maybe a bit younger. They loved each other passionately and awkwardly like teenagers do. I never mentioned it to my girlfriend. But she's jealous of you. Why her and not me? You spaced out. No, I didn't. Yeah, you did. No, I didn't. The attraction was still overwhelming. But there was no place in their lives for this love story anymore. There are two filmmakers. They are, I believe, well, they're together, or one would assume married. They have a child. They're two filmmakers, and they're played by Tim Roth and Vicky Creeps, K-R-E-I-P-S. You know who Tim Roth is. We all know who Tim Roth is. And I'm sure, listeners, you know who Vicky Creeps is because she was the lead, I would say the main lead in the PTA film, the aforementioned PTA film, Phantom Threat, or the Phantom Threat, Phantom Threat. Yeah, the Phantom Threat, Phantom Threat, Phantom Threat. I've got to look that up on the IMDb, but she's great in that movie, in that in that PTA movie. They're filmmakers. They go out into this island called Pharaoh, and Pharaoh for years was a home 
of filmmaker Ingmar Bergman, and he shot a bunch of his movies on the island of Pharaoh. And Bergman Island, I was going to say, is a complete a movie that is catnip for cinephiles who love Ingmar Bergman. But half the reason why I can't say that, because I looked at a YouTube the video and another Asian person who was around my age said this movie is catnip for, for cinephiles as well. So I, obviously my description is not very original, but it literally is catnip. If you are a movie fan, if you know a little bit about Igmar Bergman, that helps as well. If you are a huge fan of Igmar Bergman, this really, really helps. Also, the movie is not just a look at the life of Bergman. No, it's it looks at the intricacies of how filmmakers express their art in a secluded retreat with this retreat being feral. It's a beautiful looking movie. It's meditative. It is a very acquired taste. I really fell in love with this movie and the filmmaker, I've got to look up her name, but she, her previous film was things to come. And I Mia really Hansen, loved her. Mia Hansen love or love. Yes. Yes. Very good. Mia Hansen love. And thank you, Bruce. Her previous film was things to come, which like, this is a little bit of a slow burn movie and it knocks you out with a really great ending. I was really just enamored with Bergman Island. Would love to hear what you, Bruce, think of Bergman Island. Again, it is a a very acquired taste kind of movie. Yeah, this is, um, I agree. And and I think that's a big warning you got to put out to people. Because this is is one of those movies where you have to almost, you have to like the vibe of it. Like this is not a movie where the plot is going to drive you forward. It's almost more of a movie where you're just going to be with a character or a couple characters and just kind of um, almost be on the vacation with them. Although it's about more than that. There, It has that feel like you really, really get a feel and a sense of the place, like just the natural sounds and riding around on a bike and going from place to place or in a car from place to place. And if you get into that vibe, which I did, I surprisingly did. At first I was like, I don't know if I'm, this is going to just bore the heck out of me. It's about two hours long. I fell into it and I was just like, I could just live on this Island with whoever they want to throw in my face for a while. It didn't hurt that it was Vicky crepes, crepes, creeps, crepes. I, I think um, on the podcast, they call it creeps. And, uh, so we say haven't that. mentioned Mia Wasikowska also. So yes. um, that definitely, you know, being on vacation with those two women for a couple hours, wasn't the, the worst thing in the world, I would say. <laughs> so on top of that, and we haven't talked about, are we going to not mention there's an artifice? In yeah, this no, movie? But we can, I think, I think for the purposes of the review, I think we can mention the artifice because it's not a big spoiler. It's part of the fabric of, what you're going to see because they call it a meta film. We might as well call out the meta part of it a little bit. Yeah. So the whole idea is that you have this couple there and um, at some point, um, Vicky creeps creeps character. I cannot say her name, right. Um, (laughs) She wants to basically, she's trying to workshop her, her script. She's been working on with the uh, Tim Roth character and she starts telling the story and then it becomes that story for a good chunk of the film. I mean, what was you say about 45 minutes minutes. maybe yeah 35 to 40 minutes at least it becomes another film that's a really hard thing to pull off because you're basically saying like oh you've been with these characters the whole time you're getting you know invested and all of a sudden now you're going to just be drawn out and pulling these other people it totally worked for me and i became invested in that story but then the whole time i was starting to go okay what is she telling about her real life like what is she trying like what are we getting about the real character from these other characters and it started to do kind of an interesting mind trick on me in just trying to interpret this um lastly i just say that there's a very wistful it almost has those that some of those movies that have that end of summer longing the missed opportunities there's a lot of that going on here sort of a slightly melancholy but not really totally i, I think it's really really good it's hard to sell uh once again like we said if you're into the mood of it after about a half hour or so i think you will 
probably really kind of love this movie. Yes, I agree. In fairness, though, when that meta starts happening and we see the secondary story with Mia Waskowska playing a fictional character from the mind of Vicky Creeps, as well as it deals with that Mia Waskowska's character's love for a childhood friend played by Ander Danielson, I think, lie. And a lot of people will jump off board off of this movie. They're going to say, I just followed this. Why am I being forced or inflicted another 30 to 35 minutes of another story that I have to invest my time in? That said, it makes, in my opinion, the third act, without giving too much away, there's a really cool moment that I think might be worth those 35 to 40 minutes, hopefully, or you might be even more pissed off. I don't know. Either way, either. Were, were you? Did you like the end, the little thing at the end? I did. I did. And the last thing, and we're just making Eric just sitting there silently, but the last thing I say is another testament to a movie like this. If it works on you, you are going to start looking up the island and you're going to start looking at all the places and you're going to start discovering that, yes, these are all real places and you're probably going to want to go there. So yes, Eric Holmes, acquired taste. I, I, I was really worried about you because you, out of all of the, all the three of us, first of all, you are a writer at heart. You go to writers, you know, you've uh, workshop your screenplay. So, you know, the, the process, you are more of a reader than me and Bruce. Okay. You, you're actually quite, you know, astute when it comes to your reading. I would like to see what your, what your take on this movie is. Well, I was just thinking that before I put this movie on, I was thinking to myself, you know, I want to spend some time with some, uh, <laughs> just uh, unbearable hipsters and talk about Ingmar Bergman. <laughs> and lo and behold, this movie shows up. Now that this, uh, this, this is, uh, the, there were some bits of this I, I kind of appreciated, but overall uh, this just wasn't, wasn't quite my speed, not quite yeah. my tempo. I'm not a huge Bergman fan. In fact, I think the only movie of his I saw was probably seventh seal. There yeah. might've been one or two other ones, but um in the movie, they screen Cries and Whispers. By the way, the couple, they, they, they're actually at a screening room and they did, they are, they're arguing over which Bergman film to actually screen in, in the beautiful print. And they end up, well, that is a spoiler, yeah. watching Cries well, and Whispers. But also I, like the, I'm liking the, that either. So the, scene, the scenes like that, when they're talking about like Ingmar Bergman, they seem so pained when they're doing it. It's, it's, it's like it's, I, I don't see any joy coming out of any, any people in that movie, which is like you hear us talk about movies. If I can plug our own podcast that you're listening oh. to right now for a second, yeah. oh, we're, we we're about, are you are you are you saying we're a bunch of joy buckets? We're, we're a bunch of joy buckets, Eric. Yeah, we're, well, we're, yeah. When we when we talk about yeah, something we true. like, we're like, yeah, like right, even you, like I I didn't love Bergman Island, but you did, and I, I oh, can yeah. tell you're like, ooh, I can't wait to talk about this. <laughs> but the like the characters in the movie, they're talking about Bergman, and they're like, you know, they got that kind of stuffy sort of. It's like, oh god, these fucking people. This was like the Jacinta. It's like, I know the people. uh, (laughs) I know the people. I've hung out with the people. I don't want to watch a movie about the people. Eric, was this a a slog for you, to be honest? Was it a bit of a slog? Yeah, yeah, a little bit. (laughs) Um, But that being said, uh, like in in what you and and Bruce mentioned, I think this is a get 30 minutes in. And if you're if you're on this movie's wavelength, then this is going to be the movie for you. And I also think, and I don't want to shit on the movie too much because I think this might be one of those movies had I, that I think this is a, another case of one of those movies that I just picked up at the wrong time. Cause I remember, I remember the first time I saw Magnolia, I fucking hated that movie. I could, I, I was like, what the fuck is this pretentious bullshit? Fuck this movie. Right. And then 
I went back and watched it again and go, no, actually, Magnolia is pretty fucking sweet. I don't know what <laughs> I don't know what crawled up my ass the first time I saw that. So, Can no, I, I mean, sell it, this it, yeah, I meant this a little bit. Okay, go ahead, go ahead Eric or Greg. Uh, ahead. Uh, yeah, that was pretty much it. I I, I would say, uh, like Bruce and uh, and Greg suggested, you know, check out the first thirty minutes, and if you're feeling it, then keep going. If you're not feeling it, maybe put it put it away and try again later. Well, I was going to say, in fairness to your opinion, Eric, I, I think it's uh, as far as your maybe you might want to rewatch it down the road and see if you have an yeah. opinion. I honestly think, in many ways, this film, even though it seems light, it's a, it's a very dense movie. So I, I don't know. So I, I I think there's going to be a lot of people in your camp, Eric, regarding this. So I, I'm glad that you had this opinion on on Bergman Island. Actually, run run this by Anderson. I really want to see what Anderson thinks. Oh, yeah. of this. <laughs> I'm going to actually give him the, uh, I'm going to, for his, for Christmas, I'm going to give him a digital copy of Bergman Island and maybe right. a box and set of Ingmar you're, Bergman. You're probably going to hate this, but go ahead and take this one for the team. <laughs> we we <laughs> want to know. <laughs> Bruce, that's a good idea. Eric. Well, you say? I, I would agree. This is one of those movies for sure. If, if it looks like one of those kind of movies that you don't really like, you probably will come true to you in some way because it is kind of one of those type of movies. Although I will defend it slightly because I think that the pretentious Bergman files you know, which I'm not really much of one. I think this movie is kind of poking a pretty big finger at that type of movie and even Bergman himself. Because I think the whole point is your main character, Chris, it is Chris, yes. She is kind of not happy with his whole extra dark and dour and, and you know, extra symbolic version of movies in the world. And I think this movie is kind of her version of what she thinks movies should be which is there is a level of unpretentiousness to what she's actually doing and i'll give an example she goes on that day trip with that dude right and that could have been this big dramatic thing and he could have had all these like alternate intentions on her and it could have been all this stuff could have gone down with that but instead no they just went and had a good time and did some stuff and that was it um and i think that's kind of the point of this movie and it may be boring still to people but i don't think it's I think it's actually making fun of somewhat of the people that are like super pretentious and stuff. You see it when she's on the trip with them too, or he's on the trip. They, they are kind of seen as almost mockable. So, yeah, I mean, I, I'm going to try to actually balance this without being too spoilery, but the idea when you have two artists, they are going on a retreat, this retreat being Pharaoh, which is AKA Brooklyn Island. It really explores how they take their time and express their art in different ways. So it's not just a look at a couple that might be, might not be in the the peak of their romance. They're probably in the doldrums of it, but you actually explore how the person who's the filmmaker, the more revered filmmaker, the Tim Roth character, he's there to speak on his own films and Bergman, and he's there to do all the tourist things. While Chris, who's also a filmmaker played by Vicky Creeps, she actually takes another route regarding her own passions for cinema and Bergman and storytelling. And I'm not going to give too much away on how that road, where that road leads to, but there's something to be said about when you're crafting a story, the importance of actually finding passion or knowledge of the place you're writing about, as opposed to just taking it as a surface story, surface element in your three-act play or uh, three-act screenplay or whatever. But so I think Bergman Island is a very deep film in in many ways, but it also can be taken as a very light confection. So either way, there's a lot. Eric, you were going to... I think I would like this movie if it was called Darren Island. And it was a bunch of hipsters going to see uh, Maya Darren's grave, and then all <laughs> yes. of a sudden, like this demon with uh, with mirror eyes just started chasing them around the island. 
<laughs> cats, lots of cats. <laughs> yes. Well, Gremlins would be great in Meshes of the Afternoon as well. That's also, but that's also a great. That's a wonderful short. Very good, Eric Holmes. So that is Bergman Island in theaters again, October fifteenth. Everywhere you rent movies, October twenty second. Strong recommend from me and Bruce. And then Eric, not a recommend, but he said it's not. It's just not your type of film. Fair yeah, enough. yeah. This uh, this would be watch the trailer or you know check out the first little bit and see if it tickles your fancy and if not bail and maybe check it out later okay all right eric you you know what you you gave a nice recommend to the old ways and you gave not not so much of a bergman island uh recommend to bergman island let me ask you a question would you rather be drinking goat milk in vera cruz in the middle of the jungle or would you rather just be hanging out with vicky creeps and tim roth uh skipping stones along the beach in bergman island which who's vera cruz Oh, that's that's the setting of the old ways. Oh. Setting, uh, yeah, <laughs> that makes yeah. a lot more sense. You know, Vera Cruz is also a, Bert, um, a, a really awesome western. But anyways, yeah. So which would goat, goat milk or the beach? That's what I'm, I'm gonna say. Uh, I'm just saying, uh, I'm just saying. Uh, drinking goat milk and Vera Cruz sounds fun. And yeah, fair enough. Yeah, let's see that. That's fair enough. Fair enough. Holding to your guns, very good, Eric Holmes. Now, there's not much to really disagree with or discuss with on our next one because this is just let's face it. Straight up Homer, not Homer, like me being a Homer. It's a home run. This movie's on digital October 19th, Escape from Mogadishu, based on a true story. Here's a plot synopsis. As civil war rages in Mogadishu, rival North and South Korean diplomats are left trapped in their respective embassies with no aid from either government. Their only shot at survival may require uniting with better adversaries to escape. Basically, North Korea, South Korea, they all want a... They all wanted some kind of political connection over in Mogadishu. They're trying to jostle it. They're, they're obviously rivals. But when push comes to shove and when the civil war rages, things it's all about survival. And maybe the North Korean and South Korean contingent might have to band together to escape out of Mogadishu alive. Again, on digital October 19th. Eric Holmes, let's start with you. This movie is at least two hours. Was it worth all that time for you? I didn't realize it was two hours. <laughs> felt felt like an hour and ten minutes. It just kind of flew by for me. This was a really good movie. I, it was. It, I guess the probably thing you would compare it to most would be like Argo. Maybe I almost want to say uh, Kovati Saida. Uh, it's got the same. It's got the same setup. Definitely not the same. Definitely not the same tone because Kovati Saida is like really, really a bummer. And this one gets there. But it also goes Michael Bay sometimes, which is which is kind of a you know when it gets political, you know it gets you know it gets political, it gets serious. When it gets harrowing and and oh no, someone's gonna get hurt. You're like on the like oh shit, what what happened? Who's gonna get shot? And then when it goes on full on action scenes where they got the camera flipping around the car, going through the bullet hole into the other car, flipping around, it's like this is a fucking Spielberg movie. What the hell is going on? <laughs> So the, this movie's kind of all over the place, but I kind of it kind of worked. And I how did they get all those why. people on the streets? How did they do that? How how the heck they yeah, get all those dogs? Nicely. <laughs> that's nice. That's amazing. It's it's a. Did you like so you like the spectacle of it, Eric? Yeah, as far as the yeah, okay. it, it was. Uh, it it kind of. I thought it was one thing, and then as it went on, it became another thing, and as it went on more, it became yet another thing, and and then of course that the. Uh, 
yeah, the ending. One, I guess one problem I had is, and this is a problem I have with people in general, so this is not a fall of the movie. This is the movie accurately reflecting how people act sometimes. All right, they're praying. Let's hurry up and get in there. All right, let's give each other hugs and let's think about getting in the car. And guys, can we fucking move it? <laughs> like, two minutes ago like let's fuck like that that there's there's definitely a couple parts where they're just kind of uh you know just taking their sweet time when this uh the events in this movie don't really allow for that you want to just get in and and go and so that part was kind of frustrating but that wasn't i wouldn't count that as a mark against a movie i just count that as something that humans do sometimes it really bugged the shit out of me very cool Uh, overall this is this is a huge recommend um I wonder Derek, is that why you yell at me when I say, can we pray for 20 minutes before you start recording the podcast? And you just said, <laughs> just get freaking going, Greg. Is that probably, I, I, I would do that if <laughs> someone was heading, okay, we got to hurry up and record this podcast before someone goes over to Greg's house and shoots him in the head. Now, if that was the case, I'd be saying, Greg, we don't have time for this. In fact, there we shouldn't even be recording a podcast. You should just leave your house right now, but yeah. here we are. Very good point, Eric, Greg. So, yeah, so strong marks for you regarding Escape from Mogadishu? Yeah, I I should also mention that I think just with the action scenes and the fact that this is based on our uh, real events, I don't know if some people think this movie doesn't take it seriously enough. I think it does, but just the fact that the the action scenes are so action-y, maybe, I don't know. That's That's a great point, Eric. That's a great point. I was thinking the same thing. I, I felt like, hey, you know what? It's based on a true story, but... It is also entertainment. And I think that I made peace with that. And Bruce, Eric brought something really interesting up. How do you feel about that? The fact that it is based on a true story, but the the violence, the action is very adrenalized and ramped up. And maybe it is a sign of the times. It was a document of what was going on, but the way it was shot, it is shot like an adventure, action adventure film. Did you have a problem with that or did you let go with that? I let go with it. I think that's kind of the approach of the movie in, in general. Because it starts out pretty relatively light. Like this, once again, it's not Quo Vadis Aida, which is very heavy from start to finish. So I think that's the approach this whole movie takes. So I don't think that's, although I guess you could say when it does have the heavy stuff, it might come across as a little bit too, it may not, it may seem a little bit inappropriate because now something really heavy does happen in the middle of this kind of action movie, but uh, it worked for me. I didn't, I didn't have a big problem with that at all. Well, before you were the first person to actually see Escape from Mogadishu and you were actually on the horn on, message, on the messenger ask, asking if me and Eric have seen it yet, what made you really so excited about overall your thoughts on this film? Just from, from the get-go, you were really praising it right from, right from the get-go. Yeah, yeah, because from the get-go, this is a pretty straightforward kind of movie that we've seen versions of quite a few times, you know, and, and Eric even mentioned a couple of those. So like a lot of movies from South Korea, what I really appreciate is that it doesn't adhere to kind of the standard plot structure. This actually has a lot of different elements to it. Um, And like Eric said too, it could be a mess, but for me, it works. And this is one of those movies where you have a really good example of how the strength of the direction here is that you're able to follow the geography and follow what's happening this whole movie. And there's a lot of moving parts, but I was never... Uh, really confused. I remember a couple of times like, oh, that's that guy. Okay, now, oh, they're going, oh, they're on their way from this place to that place. Uh, so I think that that was masterful in setting up the stakes, setting up the specific goal, and then really getting us ramped up to follow that 
that step, almost like a video game in that way. It wasn't, but I mean, you know what I mean? That you'd like, this is our stage. We have to get from here to here. It's going to be dangerous. Can we make it? And then on top of that, really incorporating a lot of interesting interpersonal dynamics, both politically by having disparate people have to team up, that creates a automatic, interesting tension. And then there's families there too. That's the thing I didn't expect when I started watching it. It's going to be, I just thought, oh, this is going to all be diplomats. Well, it is, but their families are there too. So that's a whole element too. I just thought it was really effective, broad entertainment. I think anyone would have a good time with this movie. The only caveat, the only warning I would give for Escape from Mogadishu is not just the, the violence or the action, but if you do not like your movies tense as uncut gems, if you don't want to be tense for the running time of the movie, maybe just take a chill pill because this is... Eric, do you agree? Was this a tense movie for you, Escape from Mogadishu, a little bit on yes, the, the tense side? I, I should also mention, um, just a warning to any children watching this, books are a last resort to use as a bulletproof... Uh, <laughs> just bulletproofing a car if you have to fine use it if that's all that's all available but don't be holding books up to yourself and letting your buddy shoot at you because uh it could work it might not but can we all agree that as a final act this really paid off yes yes Yes, totally totally paid off if you had a car eric holmes would you would you uh for for bulletproof would you put all all of your dvds on your car or would you put all of your books on your car which one or neither well i mean the DVD is going to stop a bullet. <laughs> I may as well paint it one extra time. <laughs> so I guess, I guess of the two, have yeah, to be- you'd have to go bullets. But <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so that is, yeah, Bruce, to your point, very effective ending. The whole movie, I strong marks, really love it. You know, honestly, even on a superficial level, Eric Holmes mentioned filmmaker Michael Bay on this thing. If you, if you don't even care about the politics if you don't care that it's based on a true story, just on a escapist fair level, this movie works. So yeah. and much better, much, much better than a Michael Bay movie. Exactly. I, I, I'm just gonna delete that. Michael Bay is an auteur. Let's move forward. I, I won't delete oh, you on that. Lenny Riefenstahl was an auteur too. <laughs> yes. Oh, very cool. But goes back to the, had to get the Nazi in here. Now all we need is a monkey. And, and yes, it goes back to Bruce's Gremlin. intro. Okay. So again, that is I was gonna say that is Bergman Island. I I, I have Bergman Island on the brain. Escape from Mogadishu on digital October 19th. Just remember, folks, October 19th, download this puppy. This is worth is it worth a, a digital rental, guys? Yes, strong yes. recommend. Yes. Okay, yes. okay. Speaking of strong recommends, our final film this week is this movie that is in theaters on October 15th. If you don't, if you're like me and you still don't go to theaters, you can actually catch it on demand. This is a movie called The Blazing World. It's co-written and directed by Carlson Young. She's also the lead in this movie. She plays a young woman, a quote-unquote self-destructive young woman. In During her childhood, when she was just a kid, she lost her twin to a drowning in their, in their house. And it was due to a, she was actually, she left her twin and was going off and seeing her mother and father arguing through a window. That tragic event obviously has had its reper- repercussions on her family, even now, 20 years on when she's a college student. So that scar understandably still stays with this family who inhabit the blazing world. Our eyes see those things providing an intimate, infinite light. But there's something inside of me. I don't pay it any mind, but it burns. It burns. 
to melt. It all begins to melt in the face of me, harbinger of violence. Shame. And your eyes are bubbling in your skulls and your skin's cracking and peeling and then you fade away, gone, just like that. And me, I'm right as rain, sitting alone on the fucking blanket, laughing and laughing. There's a fire inside me, honey. It doesn't hurt me because I'm a man. This movie, it seems like a family drama, but nope, it's really a nonlinear, surreal movie that it maybe takes pages out of Jodorowsky or, or David Lynch or, or just so many different Alice in Wonderland. There's a lot of Tim Burton. There's a lot of visual references to this movie. The movie also starts Udo Kier as sort of a, sort of a gateway, this, this sort of, in, he introduces her to another world, this blazing world that this young woman played by Carlson Young might believe she might she believes she might be part of another dimension and not the real dimension. So it's a very interesting movie because most of this movie takes place in this blazing world, which may be in the young woman's dreams or it might be an actual different dimension. Bruce Perky was the first person to see the blazing world. By the way, the parents are played by Dermot Mulroney and Vanessa Shaw. Let's start off with you, Bruce. What are, what are your honest thoughts about the blazing world? I think what was the first thing I mentioned to you? Um, well, I guess I mentioned that. It immediately had the trope of, yeah, woof. I think woof was the first thing I said, not good woof. And I think I mentioned that uh, it had immediately had the trope of cutting carrots. And I was like, can you cut carrots without cutting a finger in a movie? I guess not. It's impossible. And then I was like, oh, this is a vanity project. And at first, this was before it switched to the young girl grown up. So I thought it might be a vanity project for the, the mom, the actress playing the mom. Vanessa Shaw, yeah. Yeah. And then I watched the whole movie. And at the end, I looked at the IMDb and I discovered that, oh, the woman who's acting as the main actress in this is also the writer and the director. Okay, it's a vanity project. <laughs> but this, um, okay, how do I get at this? Um, it strikes me, you know how you have that kid in high school that's like praised their whole life about what a genius they are and no one ever gives them any criticism on anything they've ever made or written or done that's are, are, are you talking to me bruce or, or yeah, what <laughs> that's what this seems like uh and unfortunately there's okay there's homage and then there's clipping and we talked about like you know tarantino right but he's right. got such talent that he basically can steal stuff but he still somehow makes it his own but then you have other things like i don't know scary movie four where it just says hey remember that doesn't that look like something you've seen before? Hey, look at this. And you mentioned a few of them. I just wrote down a few of the ones that came to my mind immediately. Uh, Pan's Labyrinth, Don't Look Now, The Cell, Twin Peaks, Neon Demon. Oh, this is someone who's seen Neon Demon and thought that was the first time that ever happened. They don't uh, know anything about anything before Neon Demon. Whoa, that's amazing. Alice in Wonderland. This is, this is insufferable. Uh, this is one of those movies where I definitely felt like the time was stolen from my life by watching this movie. Wow. Well, well, we, will we say this again, last year it was the painted bird starring Udo Kier and this one, the blazing world world starring Udo Kier, which movie <laughs> do, which, which movie do you foist upon your worst enemy, Bruce? Mm, the painted bird has much more artistry. Okay. This movie Fair. is not, this movie is Wait. like, remember when we saw behemoth, remember all the digital effects in that thing? Right. This is like that, but it has less fun. Okay. Is this one of your worst of the year? Oh, for sure. 
This movie is terrible. Terrible. What I'm getting from Bruce is that as time goes on, he's loving the painted bird more and more. And so as time goes on, he will love the blazing world more and more. I'm going to get to you, Eric, in a second. If they keep coming out with shittier movies, I suppose it's true. Eric, I'm going to get to you in a second. I just might very quick mini review on my end. I thought I, I like this movie. This movie, again, going back to what Bergman Island, not for everyone. It is very surreal. I, all the digital effects. I like the fact that Carlson Young, it seems like she created a very personal story about tragedy and trying to deal with it via your own fantasy world. I like that. And I like what, what she was going with the visuals. It, it doesn't, a lot of it sometimes is just surreal. doesn't make sense. Might not click with everyone, but she just, she just went for it. And ultimately I think she, it worked at the end. The ending was nice. I like, I like, I like the ending. It, it, it stuck the landing, it did not stick the landing for you, Bruce. I thought it, this movie, I was I don't waiting. think it stuck the beginning for Bruce either. It, <laughs> it didn't stick, stick anything. That, nothing stuck to the wall. The beginning, it stunk <laughs> the end, it stunk the middle. I really ended up enjoying the blazing world. I would give it a solid recommend with the COVID going to Bruce's review that it is a, a movie that will have a, a huge amount of detractors and you're going to have a wide variety of opinions. And I really credit Carlson Young's scope and ambition at telling a story that she really wanted to get out there. And yeah, I just thought it was pretty courageous. Overall, I, I was I was caught up with the movie. So solid recommend. Eric, your thoughts on The Blazing World? Well, I'm uh, I'm definitely on the love this movie side. It, it it reminded me a lot of, and I I don't I'm not a fan of the labyrinth, but it reminded me of that. And that you're going through a, a fantastic like a, it, it's a fantasy movie, you know, and it, it has you know fantasy elements, and it's it's nice to see something like that. Uh, I mean, Bruce, you mentioned Pan's Labyrinth. I think this is more. I think this is more Wizard of Oz. It's got the the light, you know, the light fantasy to it, but there's something sinister about it. And I don't. Other than when she goes to unlock the, you know, there's a, the locks that Key, she yeah. has to unlock, mm-hmm. and then the part where uh, she has to go, you know, because she goes through the doors and she has to confront a different aspect of her own depression and her past you know when she goes in went to see her dad in that in that world it definitely gets dark but i think a lot of this movie stays like really bright like that that desert that desert planet she went to you know it it looked like a it it looked like something you would see out of labyrinth where it's it's bright it's it's um kind of uh oh this is a this is a nice kids movie that we're watching but then there's just that little something just right below the surface it was kind of making me put me at unease yeah i i, I like this one a lot I oh, love, a lot I, wow I, yeah a, a lot i i love the beginning the beginning reminded me of uh the beginning of antichrist minus the penetration you know just having the having the two uh twins playing and something tragic's about to happen while the parents are being selfish and uh you know fighting rather than taking care of their <laughs> there's that thing um eric let me ask you but a then, question oh but okay. then so yeah. i got a so I watched this movie and immediately I'm like, oh fuck, this is this is fucking awesome. And then I went and found the uh the the book, um, the audio book. It's got a full title. It, the description of a new world called the Blazing World, uh, written by Margaret Cavendish. And so I figure that, oh, I'll I'll listen to this, uh, I'll listen to this audio book. Uh, it's about four hours long, and I'll I'll kind of understand more about what the blazing world the movie is. 
Uh, that has very little to do with the, uh, the, the audiobook. The audiobook's essentially just uh, someone explaining to an emperor. They're just basically describing Earth to him, or like a like a utopia, and that's it. Like I, if you ever read the Bible, like Genesis, like uh, it's just you know once they get past the seventh day and then add you know can enable all that stuff happens and so and so begat so and so so and so begat so and so so and so begat so and so and there's like pages of that before it gets to any sort of story. Bible's a really wonderful book, really well written by the way. <laughs> but uh the the blazing world is kind of kind of like that. But then uh like the last half of it gets to where one of the characters describes creativity to him. Uh, the the character describes, you know, you you rule this world you know, you rule everything in this world, but what does that mean? And it's like, well, I'm the emperor. I rule everything. And like, yeah, but you're only in that. You only affect a small part of it at any one time, because you can only be so many places at this world. And then she describes like creating to this emperor. And it's like, if you cre- learn to create a world in your head, you can you know rule the entire world, but you can also be a part of the entire world. You can meet everyone in the world. <laughs> And then she's like, oh, that is great. I shall create my own world in my head. And then that was the key right there. I was like, oh, okay, this is this is what this movie is. She's not, but in the so in the book, the character is describing a utopia. So when they when they create the world, they're creating a utopia. This is the other version of that. So she's going to the blazing world, but she's going there damaged. You know, she's got the mental damage, so she can't create that utopia. She's creating basically a prison for herself, and so that that's all the that's all the stuff I got out of this. And just reading through the book and kind of kind of unlocking unlocking the mystery made it a lot more a lot more powerful for me. Bruce, did Eric Holmes just go rabbit hole on this movie? Yes. Uh, well, that's what Alice in Wonderland does. It <laughs> goes down the rabbit hole. That is an amazing interpretation. What do you think, Bruce? Did it, did it that you sounds a like a great movie. Let's have someone make that movie. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I'm so, you know what? This is what it's about. Us disagreeing. We have different, <laughs> look, Eric, to Bruce's point like, about it being one of the worst movies of the year. When someone asks you about this movie, see this movie if, if what, Eric? Uh, if you like, uh, if you like the labyrinth, but you want it to be a bit darker. I, if you want to, if you're saying to yourself, I wish the Lars von Trier would remake the labyrinth. That's kind of, it's kind of on that level. I, I, I would think also, I, I got to kind of, I got to kind of point out, I don't, do you know what the, the budget for this movie is? Dude, the girl, I mean, I mean, I don't know how old Carlson young is. She might be in her early to mid twenties. I mean, yeah. probably not much of a budget. So. Cause I, I thought this movie was incredibly ambitious for yeah. like when I saw it, I just figured it was, it was someone, it didn't seem like a first time director. And it certainly doesn't look like it was made on a budget that someone would give a first. Like, this looks like they spent a lot of money on on sets and the you know set design and yeah. all that sort of stuff. I I don't know what that sort of thing costs, but it can't be cheap. And like like all the all the lighting and smoke tricks they were doing in there, you know, the CGI was a little wonky in parts, but in other parts it looked pretty good. And so, uh, you know, th- but, but a- like first time directors like. Uh, I want to do. I want to do this fantasy movie. I'm a first time director. What's it about? Uh, here, read the Blazing World, and it's kind of based on that sort of, but not really. Okay, no, <laughs> we'll, we'll give you we'll give you a million dollars. You know, 
this this seems like it this seems like it'd be like you know 50 60 million dollars at least that's but amazing I, but I, yeah. I have no idea so credit you're giving credit to the director and, and star right she, she are you excited to see what she has moving forward as far as in her arsenal because I, this is yeah in fact like she's I, I would like to see and i never say this i could see her doing a really cool like marvel movie like she, like her, her. Uh, I agree. The the her. Sorry, Bruce. I I'm agreeing with this. <laughs> Sorry. I, was I mean, say Rebecca Black had a hit song too. Yeah. <laughs> I like Friday. Okay, no, Sorry. But uh, Sorry. but the uh, you know, the, just her, you know, the way. Ah, fuck. What are the words I'm thinking of? The way the, she uh, executed her vision, maybe. Yeah. Or... Just, just kind of like her. The the. The way that she did this movie just kind of oh the mise en scène the mise en scène her aesthetic, uh yeah aesthetic yeah yeah I I I think her aesthetic lends itself well to a a superhero type movie. So whereas like we were talking about Chloe Zhao with uh, Nomadland yeah, and it's like do you really want to waste your time doing a Marvel movie because it's you know it might be good but you're you she has her own aesthetic that probably fits better with her own movies um. But with this one, I think she, I think her aesthetic would just kind of fit right in there. Or like if they did like another like a Dark Crystal movie or fuck Lord of the Ring or a Hobbit movie, you know, let's let, let's let's turn up the color saturation. We don't, they don't have to look so dour. They're just moving the ring from one place to another. I am so pumped, Eric Holmes, that you give a strong. You love this movie. You love the Blazing World, and I, I I'm assuming that you're going to watch it again. You really enjoy this movie. I like this movie, and not as much as Eric did, but I I do recommend it. Strong recommendation from Eric Holmes. And then Bruce, again, do not see this movie if, or don't see this movie. If period. you have eyeballs. <laughs> you have well, I got four eyes. So I... <laughs> Bruce Berkey coming, coming down with some truth bombs again. So again, the blazing, the blazing world in theaters on demand, October 15th. It really, honestly, it doesn't matter what Eric says. It doesn't matter what I say. It doesn't matter what Bruce says. That is what you guys think. We would love to hear what you think of Carlson Young's film, The Blazing World. Is she? Oh yeah, 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 for sure. I, I, I wonder, I wonder how how much this is going to split people up. Yeah, you know, they're, they're, very quickly, one, one last thing, Bruce, and I apologize. There's this one moment where she's where the Carlson Young character, she's with her friends, and they go out in in a bar, and it seems like it comes out of Twin Peaks, and there's a singer, and I know Bruce is just rolling his eyes at the whole thing. There's this one scene where they're when they're smoking, and one of her friends is, I think, off screen. So when she smokes off screen, the smoke travels into the frame of the, the people in the frame. And I said, oh, that's a cool, that, that's a smart little shot. And I'm thinking, I was just thinking, I bet you Bruce is just really rolling his eyes throughout this entire I was thinking, experience. what this scene needs is some gremlins. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that... I'm not wrong. On, on, on that, we can agree for sure. <laughs> on that, we can agree. Okay. Bruce, little respite for you. Let's go with, with something that you love. You have three movies to pick to pick from. Why did you, why are these, first of all, in the hat, you know, why are these, uh, why are you picking among these three and which one did you pick? Well, there's a whole list of movies that I've, that I just said, you know, send me the horror movies that I should talk about or consider for uh, recommendations. Either I have or haven't seen. And there's a, more on there some i have seen maybe one week i'll pick all ones i've seen and i like and i'll have to pick the best of those but these all were three movies i had never seen before and i'll go through them really fast the first well first one was by chad wilfong and he it's uh, cherry falls directed by jeffrey wright who did romper stomper from 2000 stars Brittany murphy jay moore and michael bean uh this is a post scream slasher flick the basic concept of this movie is 
the killer is only killing virgins in the town. I it's remember sort this of, movie. It's, it's, you've seen it before? No, I, I remember this movie getting yeah. a bit of a, a cult following when it was released. It's, it's sort of like a meta post-Scream movie. So it has a little bit of that, but it's not as um, in your face as Scream. Like Scream really lets you know it's being meta. This is kind of like, it could be just a bad movie, kind of kind of cheesy, but also kind of good. Only Killing Virgins. So of course the kids find that out and they decide to have an all virgin orgy to fight that. <laughs> is this written by Stephen King? <laughs> no, I don't think so. <laughs> It's it's a lot of cheesy fun. Uh, next one is Bereavement, 2010. That was suggested by Brian O'Connell, directed by Stephen Mina. Mina. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is on Fubo, Hoopla, Tubi, Crackle. Oh, by the way, Cherry Falls is on nothing. You can't oh, stream geez. it or rent it or buy it digitally. You have to find a DVD oh, of it. DVD going back to physical media, yeah. right? Bereavement is a very dark, very, very dark, um, uh, kind of a sort of a slasher movie. It stars Michael Bean again, surprise, surprise, by a different person. Alexandra Daddario, if you know her. Yes. And John Savage is in this as a small role. Great character actor. We love John Savage. Yeah. He's and she's, good. Yeah, he's good. He's really good yeah. in this. Uh, and she is like their uh, niece. Her parents have died. She's moved into the small town. And lo and behold, there's a f- kind of this kind of old dilapidated factory nearby and the serial killer is in that factory. He's got a child with him that he's basically trying to train to be a serial killer. And that's that is dark, man. That is dark yeah. as you know what. What a great yeah. storyline. Yeah. And it's beautifully filmed. I should have looked up the cinematographer. Beautifully filmed for, for such a kind of a low budget kind of a, a horror movie. And then the last one was, was suggested by Joseph Bridges. And it's called The Shout from 1978. Directed by Jerzy Skolomowski. Uh, it's on Shudder, Paramount Plus, and Epics. I had never heard of this movie at all. And it has uh, Alan Bates, Susanna York, John Hurt, and Tim Curry. And it is a very odd movie um, that is almost like old school Nicholas Rogue, old school Peter mm. Weir, Peter Weir, that kind of. Do you this, see this? No, this movie I remember again when I was when we were on the same age, Bruce. I remember back in the back in the eighties when I used to read a lot all these movie books. The shout yeah. with with Bates, like you were saying, would always would get its share of mention. So back in the day, it, I remember it being a very favorite among people of the genre who love the genre. Yeah, this is much more of an art house kind of a movie. Like I mentioned, the directors actually kind of give you a feel for kind of the tone of it. This is a very odd movie where um, John Hurt and uh, Susanna York are a couple. And this guy just shows up one day and basically insinuates himself into their lives. And he starts to tell them about how he's lived his whole life with indigenous people in Australia. He's not an Australian. And how he's picked up all of these supernatural abilities, one of them being the shout, where he, if he shouts really, really loud, it will kill anything within the sound of his voice. And this kind of spell he casts over this couple and becomes a, a, a weird part of their life. That sounds um, like a great story. It's a very interesting. Um, I would think of the three... The Shout is the one I would recommend to people who really want to look for unusual movies that are off the beaten path. That's the one I think that will give you the most surprises. It is not quite to the level of the other two directors we talked about, but it has that same, you know, that vibe of those 70s versions of those two directors where it's just the editing, the sound design, the uh, they're just all a little off kilter. Yeah, it's just you know? off and they're different. And, it, yeah. and like I'm thinking of that movie, Wake and Fright, speaking of Australia. Yeah, just- yeah. 
That kind of it stuff. has those kind of feelings where you're like, you're just always on edge and, and it's, it's not going to be the kind of movie. If you want a more meat and potatoes kind of horror movie, it's not going to, it's not going to satisfy. If you like more that don't look now style of kind of very yes. atmospheric and strange. Sold. Yeah. It's more like that. Now, if you want just the meat and potatoes fun, I say go for Cherry Falls because Cherry Falls is a ridiculously fun movie. Yeah, but you know, like Wes Craven or maybe even more uh, specific screen fans will like will like that movie, right? That's one of those things. I think so. I think a lot of people could enjoy it too because uh, since it's now, you know, over 20 years old, I think it ages really well because it has some of that camp cheese factor, but it's actually sort of somewhat progressive surprisingly it has a lot of stuff about you know toxic masculinity surprisingly in a really odd way uh and it's 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 a pretty fun movie i think i think people have a lot of fun with it it'd be it'd be a surprise if they discovered what it actually was doing and what about bereavement how did it end up for you because it seems like a very interesting story it's a little too a little too dour and 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 downbeat for my taste i'm not a real big slasher dude i think though it, it is a little set apart from that kind of movie it's a very pure vision which a lot of times those movies tend to be a little less committed like this one is committed to its darkness like all the way through so if you kind of like that kind of thing this might really like work for you and again might be value added it's early Diderio. so if you like her from like i think she was in the white lotus and been in, she's been in a b- bunch of other movies so She's yeah. the, the main character, like one of the main characters in this one, right? She is the main character. She's the main yeah. character. Okay. Yeah. All right. Did, did you see Promise from just looking at her from this, from Bereavement? Did you know that she would? I would see from... Promise from looking at her. <laughs> <laughs> very cool. Very cool, Bruce, on that. So three three movies. How many movies did you see over the week? My gosh, it's like 15 movies, Bruce. Come on. Something like doing? that. Yeah. That is a lot. Okay. So. These are three horror picks that Bruce has for you in the month of what? What, what do you call October? Do you just, just call it October? Do you have a little nickname since you're find your fear? Find your find. Oh, very <laughs> good. Find your fear. Very cool. Bruce had that in his back pocket. I know it. I know it. Eric Holmes. Now you you actually you know what you decided to take my homework away from me, and I thank you for that because you you lightened my load uh, in, in a G-rated fashion with your pick this week with your Fandor pick. Can you? Tell us, what did you get from actually just uh, the Fandor experience? Was it okay for you? Did, was it easy to find movies? You know, all that uh, stuff. Yeah, I was just kind of, I was kind of flipping through there and figure, oh, I'll see what, see what I can see. And uh, I was going through there and there's a bunch of movies I'd never even heard of. And this one was called The Load. So I was like, I got to check that one out. So I'll just read the thing here. Vlada works as a truck driver during the NATO bombing of Serbia in 1999. So this is a period piece uh, tasked with transporting <laughs> a mysterious load from Kosovo to Belgrade. So I read that and I know what you were thinking. You were thinking of wages of fear, right? You're thinking I, a little bit. You're thinking a little yes, bit about that. Okay. That's exactly what I was thinking of. And so I put it on and it's uh it starts off kind of like taste of cherry I, I talked about that on the podcast before i don't know if you guys have seen it but it starts off with a, a, a vehicle way far in the background it's driving it's driving and then it's driving along it's driving along it's driving along some more and then it drives along and then it, it kind of gets a little closer to the camera it's still driving and then it's driving some more and then it just drives away and then it cuts to the guy driving you know, and so it's one of those type of movies. If you've seen Jerry or The Last Days, uh, the, those Gus Van Zandt movies um, that are really, really just hang on the shots for a long time. That's kind of what this movie is. It's are you not, one of those people? Do you like what? Are you OK with watching those long shot type of films? I, if I would have watched this movie on any other day, I would have hated it. 
I just happened to catch it on like like what we were talking about with the uh, Bergman Island. I just happened to catch this movie on like the perfect time where like I'm down for this sort of thing. This is not going to be for everyone. It's not Wages of Fear. It's not Sorcerer because those movies are tense. Right. And this one, you have no idea what it is he's carrying. He The guy doesn't even know what he's carrying. Um, he just knows he has to get from this place to that place and he's got to not stop. And of course, there's a war going on. So there's blown up cars or bridges taken down, so on and so forth. So, <clears throat> you know, he gets... Uh, you know, he has his uh, detours that he needs to take, meets a kid along the way. But this is uh, an hour and a half long, and there's probably about 20 minutes worth of story in it. But again, with you know, with those with those long meditative pauses, you know, you're either in for that or you're not. And then, you know, it, it kind of comes to a head when, you know, he finally drops off whatever it is that he's he's been carrying the whole time. And you get to find out was in the back of that. And for me, that was kind of the, that was kind of what carried me through it. And it's like, what the fuck is that? Cause like, like, you know, there, there's a part where he's pulled over by cops and they're like, what are you, what are you carrying or what are you hauling? It's like, I don't know. <laughs> Let's see your papers. And he hands on the paper and the cop looks at the paper. He's like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And he hands on <laughs> the paper and takes off. I'm like, I really want to know what the fuck is in the back of this right? fucking <laughs> How was the payoff? How was the payoff? Eric? Uh, we'll leave it at that. Uh, I, 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 I don't want to. I don't want to give. I don't want to give a thumbs up or thumbs down. Um, I I like the ending. I don't know that everyone else will, but I think if I say too much about it, it'd probably I probably give it away. That this is most of my enjoyment of this was the mystery of what what he was hauling, and then just kind of kind of being in that state with him as he's driving. Um, so you would recommend. It, recommend this is this a recommend for you or you're, you're going to recommend it for people who like the, this yeah the, this is one of those bergman island recommends like it if you're if you're half hour into it and you're not feeling it just bail because it doesn't change that much but if you're or you know bail and maybe come back later when you know once you know what it is i, I would say if you've seen jerry or or uh last days, last days you you have a pretty good idea of what you're about to walk into Okay, so this is the load. It's currently this is very interesting that that Eric Holmes picked this one because the load currently right now, I'm looking at Just Watch. It's streaming only on two services. One of them, of course, being Fandor. The other one being Canopy. Canopy is a service that I a streaming service I really enjoy. But to Bruce's point, Canopy is a library service that really doesn't extend to a lot of states, cities in the US. So if you want to actually see the load and are interested just for, per Eric Holmes's review, check it out on Fandor. Fandor is available for a premium. I believe the premium is $4.99, but it's also available. Eric saw it with ads. So anyways, thank you, Eric Holmes, for your review of the load next week, by the way, for our, maybe we're going to do like a, I don't say, you know, we're going to do like Halloween stuff like you've been doing, Bruce. I'm going to for my Fandor pick next week, I'm going to, for the first time, see the Werner Herzog film, Nosferatu. So, nice. I, yeah. I, should, I should point out, um, when I saw it, it had those little breaks on the timeline where the ads would be. There, yeah. n- no ads popped up when I was watching it. Oh. So, so maybe maybe it's one of those things, like if you sign up, maybe you get a couple freebies. I don't, Pretty I cool. Don't, I don't know if that's the case or if it was just a fluke on my end, but yeah, yeah. not one ad popped up. Yes, um, yes. That's that's not saying that won't happen if you do it. I have no right. idea. I'm just saying my own experience signing up and then and then doing it. 
Uh, but yes. yeah, that, there's a there's a bunch of uh, really interesting looking movies on there that I've never heard of. So uh, if the ads do start popping up, I might just pay the four bucks because there, there's a lot to dig in through there, I think. Okay, for, very cool. Thank you, Eric, for your recommendation. We're going to close this out because instead of instead of our, um, you know, Bruce, instead of the, the what's in the box saying what once in a while, what, what are we doing? We're doing every month we do the Captain Coons Hidden Gem of the Month. Okay, Captain Coons Hidden Gem of the Month. Bruce, again, you, you need to email me that wonderful picture. We, we should do that a little bit more. He's, he actually, very, very cool picture this week. Our This pick for this month is this movie called Total the Hero. We're not going to get really in, in the weeds with this movie. All I'm going to say about this movie, it's a Belgian film. It's about... This, it starts off with an old man, and he's a very bitter old man. He's maybe living in a nursing home or in a hospital, and one would assume he's just well, he's around the clock supervision. He doesn't look like he's dying, but we we know he's in the last stages of his of his life. Ultimately, Total the Hero is one almost one big flashback of him as we actually see his life as a person who believes that his next door neighbor actually. When he was a baby, he was switched with with his with another baby in in the hospital. Okay, because there was a fire in the hospital, he believes his life should have been the life of his neighbor across the street. Okay, and the neighbors across the street were rich, and you know everything that kid had a, everything handed to him. And this our protagonist believes that he sh- he should have lived that life and not the kid across the street. So ultimately, this movie is a fable about you know a wistful fable about that, you know, regret or maybe believing and, and envy. And when I saw this, here's the thing. I saw this when I was 20 or 21 at UCLA and I was in the mind frame of just, you know, when, you, when you're young, you're, you have all these ideas about life and regret and all these Proustian highfalutin things. I had a, that was total. The hero released in 1991 was my favorite film of the year. It's directed by Jocko Van Dormeil. And for months on end, we were, we wanted to actually review it and spotlight Jaco Van Dormeel for one of our director spotlights. But I ended up, to be honest, I ended up seeing this again, and I I liked it. I didn't fall in love with it as much as I did when I was in my twenties, my early my when I was twenty or twenty one. This was just a personal film for me. It was the right, like Eric would like to say, right time, right place. I was in a very wistful sentiment at the time, and this movie just swept me away. Now. As a bitter forty, when I saw when I was forty nine, now fifty year old man, I look at Total Hero as a fun experience, but nothing more than that. But maybe, hopefully, maybe Eric and, and Bruce see Total Hero as more than just a, a light, fluffy movie. Bruce, light, fluffy oh. movie, deep film, or maybe somewhere in between. Well, first of all, I, I really would love to hear Captain Coons like introduce this. Um, I wonder if oh. he's nearby. Maybe is he? Maybe Eric. Hey, Captain Coons, hanging out there with you. Your father gave me this this movie, and I held it up my ass for twenty years. <laughs> as far as he was concerned, it was your birthright. <laughs> it's a Pulp Fiction terrible reference. No, that's so wonderful. Funny. That's wonderful. Eric Combs, very good, very good. Okay, what, 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 everyone's got a Christopher Walken except me. I need to work on that. And, and, and by, I I made Bruce Perky and Eric Combs purchase total the hero on blu-ray with their hard-earned money because i remember loving that film so much i the reason why i did regret it because i was I, it wasn't as glittering as i re- remembered by the way also credit to our our friend and cinematics facebook group member joseph bridges who came up with a review of total the hero on our facebook group several days ago and he actually liked the movie as well he praised the film's editing and its narrative style bruce let's start off with you i 
I downscaled this I, movie. I wonder how you feel, felt about this movie. Well, I've, I've watched it twice now. So I watched it when, way back when we were going to talk about it. And then I watched it again today because I was like, well, I, I don't feel like it's fresh enough. I want to get it in my brain again. Because as you kind of suggest, the narrative is pretty complex as far as how it jumps around in time from the present day, I guess you'd say, of the old man to the various stages of his life. Really two stages, right? Mostly just young boy and then... Uh, what 30 something year Mid-30s, old thirties and then yeah, yeah and then old yeah his, his name is Tomas or Thomas or Tomas yeah I upgraded it even a little higher after watching the second time I think this is almost a perfect movie I think this movie is really good really really good very um, cool it has to hit you I mean it has to hit you at the right tone I guess but I, this is one of those movies where it's like that epic I don't know how to describe this this is one of those movies that I think kind of fits in that mold of if you like things like Amelie. I think where it has a wonder and nostalgia, but it also plays a lot with fate. There's a lot of stuff in here where it's like, obviously you're in a highly subjective point of view with this character. And there's a big thing in here about, you know, like you said, he, he assumes that he was switched at birth with the rich kid that lives across the street. So there's this whole grass is greener um, grudge that's kind of being held, but even more than that, there's, And I thought about this this time. I didn't think about it the first time. And I thought, I wonder if one of the reasons that um, Greg likes this so much is this is actually in some ways Vertigo-esque as well. There's some real big elements of Vertigo in this movie as well. Very good point. Um, I think this is just a wonderful, wonderful movie. And it's, and it's, and also it's just so creative and the, the, the artistry of it is really fun and really cool. The, the, the set design, the, the play on things like um, the song that keeps coming back in. And I got to say that the final moments of this movie are absolutely wonderful. The fi- I mean, once again, like how do you end a movie? This, this is a pretty damn perfect way to end a movie. I, I really, really like this movie a lot. It's, it's wonderful. Oh, I'm so glad that, that you loved it, Bruce. Yeah. Maybe I just had this really perfect vision of total, the hero. Maybe I was much wiser when I was in my early 20s than when I was in my bitter 49 or 50 years. Oh, by the way, Bruce, did you know next week is Eric Holmes's, Eric Holmes will celebrate a birthday one is October 22nd, Eric Holmes? I've been hiding my birthday up my ass. (laughs) I was waiting. (laughs) Very good. Very good. Somehow my walking impression gets worse every time. (laughs) That's the way it should be. That's the way it should be. (laughs) Well, Bruce Bruce really loved Total the Hero. I I wonder where you stand on this, Eric. I I liked it too. I I hadn't seen it since uh, we watched it the first time. Uh, I was going to watch it this week, but I was trying to choke down Bergman. <laughs> fair enough. That is but, fair. Uh, but uh, th- this actually, because I saw this shortly after watching Rain, and we haven't covered Rain yet. Yes, um, I will watch it there, sooner. But there's a lot of there's a lot of parallels because uh, they're both coming of age movies. They're kids, kind of uh, at, at certain points, more so in Rain. But I, I remember a bit of it in this, uh, kind of experimenting with their sexuality without it getting too weird. Yeah. Rain, rain gets a little too weird, <laughs> but, <laughs> but, uh, but I also remember this being kind of whimsical, uh, kind of like a Oliver twist kind of flavor to it. it has a bit of whimsy to it. Yes. Yeah. Yes, definitely. Um, but I, I can't really say too much cause it's been way too long since it's I been about five or six months since you've seen it. Yeah. It has a bit of, it's a bit whimsical. It's wistful. It's also devastating and heartbreaking at the same and, time. And it's weird uh, how they're, they're able, right, Bruce? They're able to mix all of that stuff 
and it doesn't feel disparate. It feels like a nice blend, and that's hard to do, dude. I, really I also remember a thing about the end. I kind of want to ask you about it to make sure I remembered it correctly, but yes. I don't want to give it away. But no, I, you don't if, it, it away. if it's if it's what I'm thinking, and it, it's not. It, so there's a thing with the wagon that I remember, and that was cool. But the thing I'm remembering is uh, to I, I'll just stop there. But yeah, I, stop, I, yeah. I, I I remember liking the ending to this quite a bit. This is also a movie I wanted to mention. Like I really like the way it it creates its own kind of array of symbols, and like it does. This is a really value added when you watch it again, because you'll kind of see how all that is kind of set up, but you'll see a whole bunch of stuff at the beginning. And then as it goes along, it slowly sets up symbols so that by the time you're getting to the end of this guy's life, all these little things matter and you know why they matter and they all start to have importance so that there's some really, like you said, some devastating final moments where some of those symbols are just kind of, you know, swept away in a way. I won't say how, but <laughs> well, Bruce, you've you've actually seen it. You have fresher eyes in both me and Eric on Total the Hero, okay? Because I I saw that saw this about three four months ago, and then saw it a couple of times when I was in twenty twenty one. But one of the things I really enjoyed about this movie too, on a also a deeper level, the viewer when the viewer watches Total the Hero, he or she will actually ask themselves, no matter what age they are, did I blame? Am I blaming someone for my state in life? Am I should am I thinking that I want to be that other person? And who who am I blaming because I ended up like this? And that's one of the other messages or themes that I think is interwoven from Total the Hero now that I think about it. That is really cool. And yeah, another reason why I love Total the Hero so much is because I don't know if you guys know this, you could not get this on DVD or Blu-ray for years, dude. Since it was released in 91, good luck. Good luck finding it. Maybe on Amazon, probably if you try to get the VHS tape, it probably costs you maybe 80 or, 80 or 90 bucks. It's like one of those kind of rare movies. So when Arrow Video released it a couple of years ago, that, that's it's really cool that we have that Blu-ray. Who knows? Maybe if it goes out of print, it might be worth some money. That said, I'm not going to post a link, but thanks to Joseph Bridges. Again, thank you, Joseph Bridges. Total the Hero, if you don't want to purchase it on Arrow on Blu-ray, which I recommend it, Bruce recommends it, Eric, do you yes. recommend Total? Yeah, you, you recommend yes. Total the Heroes. Okay. Yeah. If you don't want to pony up the money on Arrow, um, Arrow Home Video to purchase it on Blu-ray, you can actually, as of this recording, it's available on YouTube. Just type in Total the Hero on YouTube. I will not put the link where you can get it at. Just you can try to find it right now on this recording on YouTube. Guys, very value added. Should they should they check it out on YouTube for free? What do you think? Uh, it depends how good the, the transfer Transfers, is, I guess. Not bad. Um, I, I checked it out. Not, not so bad. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> oh, I, I, I mean, I, I mean, that, that was Bruce just talking, not me. Not, not Greg. Not just Bruce. <laughs> oh, oh, <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. No, that was me. That's me. That was me. That was just like, I was just, I clicked. I accidentally clicked, you know, I have, I have shaky fingers. No, but it was fine. Fine enough. But not, you know, the Blu-ray is really, really good as well. But Total the Hero, directed by Jacques Van Dormiel, released in 1991. Jaco Van Dormiel is a listeners is a name that you might not know, but you uh, there's a good chance you might have seen one of his other movies. I, I definitely you probably have not seen Total the Hero. You might have seen his most popular movie, Stateside, is a movie he did with Jared Leto years back called Mister Nobody. So you might have if you like Mister Nobody, give Total the Hero a shot. Thank you guys so much for participating in what is this segment now called bruce once a month what is it called captain coon's hidden gem of the month i think it's what it's called wait not when we, so when is pete gonna drop that beat again uh next week next but, week okay but he should hey, we yo, do pete, have one lined up next week drop that beat 
You know, when he, Pete should make another. You know, when when Pete doesn't drop the beat, he should just do it like a Barry Lyndon drop. That would be pretty sweet on that. So it's like that. this long, long pause. Just, just play that whatever that cat noise is at the beginning. Wow! <laughs> All right, around the horn. Just final recommendations for our listeners. For me personally, obviously, Escape from Mogadishu is my really, really top recommend. But again, if you are into something really esoteric and love the creative artistic process and are a huge cinephile, I highly recommend Brigman Island. Eric Holmes, what's your big recommend this week? The big, like, out of all the pie movies we've seen, big one. I really, I really want it to be The Blazing World, but uh, yes, I, don't, why not? I, I, I don't think Come that's going to be... Well, no, I'm saying as a recommend, uh, I don't think that's going to be for everyone. It's definitely for me, but, but that's I, yours. I, yeah. I, I would say, I would say, uh, for like at, of all the movies we talked about, the one that I would say this is the one you're probably gonna like, probably Escape from Mogadishu. Which what movie out of all of them did you that spoke spoke to you the most? Oh, Blazing World. That is yes, Eric Holmes. Yes, Eric Holmes. Take that bird away from the screen, Bruce no, Brody. What are you doing? No, Uh-oh. it's Uh-oh. about to doing? drop the beat. Uh oh. Now we're going to find out why I have this. Yes. My final recommendation is value added. It's on YouTube. It's only a few minutes long and it's called Mr. Puzzles wants you to be less alive. I changed my recommendation, by the way. (laughs) The first horror short written entirely by AI after being input with tons and tons and tons of horror tropes. Okay. Okay, Mr. P- say one more time, Mr. Puzzle. Mr. Puzzle wants you to be less alive. And, okay, uh, Eric can vouch for this. Yeah, this. Uh, I I don't have any of the uh, I don't have any of the dialogue on me. But but was it? Uh, my father will pay you anything to keep me alive. My mother may not pay you so much. Or <laughs> <laughs> he's not a whale. He's an underwater cop. I think was one of the lines in there. I know. I know nothing about houses. I am a virgin. <laughs> Other than Mr. Puzzle, Bruce, what's the movie that spoke to you the most this, this week? Personal, just personal thing. You know, I think I'd go with Bergman Island. Yes. <laughs> yes, I love it. I thought you would hate it, Bruce. I, I, I just, I'm very, <laughs> you know what? I'm so glad that I'm so glad that Eric Holmes really, really adored the blazing world. I liked it as well. Bruce, not so much, but I'm, I'm so glad we have so many different. We have so many different uh, opinions. So listeners, tell us what you think of this, these movies. Do you disagree with us? You can yell at me and Eric if we recommend The Blazing World and say, I should have listened to Bruce. Do whatever. Hit hit us up. BrucePerky at gmail.com for Bruce Perky for Eric Holmes. It is hamslime at gmail.com. Before we go, Eric Holmes, how's your game going? How's, your, how's the directing? What have you, what have you been doing? What are you, anything? Any updates on that stuff? No, uh, uh, no, we had some. Uh, we had a lot of movies to watch. We'll, we'll just we'll just leave it there. Okay, there, right. there's some things going on. Yeah, it's going great. Everything's going it, it, great. it's going great. You know, and and guess guess what, folks? That's my fault because I foisted so many movies on these guys last week. My my friggin' fault. Also, as as per usual, we're gonna end find your film with some final thoughts from Bruce Perky. Well, I can only leave the show in one way, and that is, uh oh, gotta go. Uh oh, gotta go. Well. That said, we got to go. We'll see you guys next week.